Welcome to the Sacred Garden. I am your host, Candice Olive. I am so grateful and privileged to be in this space with you. Today, I am very excited because we are being joined by Natasha Rachel of Holistic Herbal Wisdom. Natasha is going to help us expand our knowledge of exercise and forms of exercise that are nourishing for our mind, body, and spirit. We're going to unpack and understand conscious exercise and the ways in which we can begin to build our own intuitive movement practice. We are going to start by allowing Natasha to introduce herself. So Natasha, take it away for us. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, I'm Natasha and I am a herbalist, yoga teacher, um, but I like to call myself an intuitive movement practitioner and I like to be followed a bit more with Ayurveda because um, my roots, I'm, an, I'm Indian by heritage, so I feel as though Ayurveda was definitely a calling to herbal medicine. Um, before we get into all of my stuff, um, my passion and my current kind of desire for this work is just wanting to return to the natural way of living, returning to our natural, um, our pathways, our ancestry, our lineage. I feel like the land gives us everything we need. The only issue is we need to tune into it. And as a lot of the stuff that you share on this podcast, it's how can we tune back in to the land and so that we have these messages within our body and we're just ready to let them lead. Yeah, that's, I love that. I think that's why it was so important for me to really connect with you uh, in this topic, because we're not just going to talk about exercise as it is. We're talking about what it means to come back to exercise, but come to back to exercise in the totality of your body um, and really balancing out through all your bodies. I know I've talked about previously in other episodes about the subtle bodies and how we are made up of more than just physical. And I think it's something that's so important for us to remember who we truly are and remember the knowledge we have stored in our bodies that maybe sometimes we don't always hear and tune that dial back up so we can really hear our intuitive wisdom, which leads us into, let's talk a little bit about exercise itself. Um, I'd really love if you could talk to us about your experience of exercise, getting to you to where you are today. Right. Okay. This is going to be interesting. So many of you might relate. Um, I myself have struggled with many kind of body dysmorphic issues and pressures over exercise and eating well. And usually you go through a pretty turbulent time to get to where you are to get to balance. It's not an easy journey, but it's definitely worth it. Um, I found a lot of the kind of modern experiences or modern world views of exercise quite harmful. I thought they were great in terms of uh, aspiration and ideal, but it was all based on physicality. It was all based on what I look like and what I fit into and very so much dictated. It wasn't who I was and, and getting to know who I am was completely the opposite of taking in these messages. Um, we are bombarded by imagery. We are bombarded by diet culture. We are bombarded by information that is considered scientific, which is, very helpful for some people but also really harmful for others and I think we really need to acknowledge that and for myself it was harmful um counting things uh, uh giving myself like a hard time when I eat certain things I mean one of the most unhealthy things I can remember is having eaten a lot and skipping or something till like 12 in the morning because I had to make sure I counted that like 
yes, there is a balance, but it's not like that. It's not that much stress on your nervous system. Um, yeah, it can be crazy. Um, that's my view. I, everyone has their own experience and whether it's been great or not, what I feel like is really important to share here is it's a conscious movement practice. The word exercise now holds so much to it that can be quite fearful and harmful. And I think taking back some words, we are moving, we are taking prana and energy, and we are getting that movement into the body, not only to shift um, the energy we're eating, but some energy of like stuff that doesn't serve you, right? Like, um, stagnant energy or even energy of our ancestors that needs to be needs to be got rid of if you will yeah and I think that's the thing I mean we're going to delve deeper into this as we go along in this episode is remembering that exercise is more than just physical exertion it's also a form of energy movement it harnesses into our body mind and spirit I suppose what's really key about and thank you so much for sharing because I know sometimes even I have my own body dysmorphia journey that I'm working through in my eating disorders, and it can be very uh, intimate, uh, but also very empowering to share that with people. So thank you for sharing so honestly uh, and giving that little bit of awareness and wisdom to people, because I know for myself, when I was going through this and I'm still healing through it, having and knowing that there are other people out there affirming that what I'm going through is normal. And also, it doesn't have to be my normality anymore. Um, I think a lot of the time we forget, we look at social media and we look at what other people are doing and we're like, okay, I want my life to be like that. We lean into validation culture. And as we are pulled, as our energy is pulled into validation culture, we pull that awareness away from our body. And so we don't see those like subtle tones of, okay, this is hurting me or this is making me really fatigued or this is just not working for me because we go on like a 12 week plan and we're like, Oh, this person got these results. So because their body did it, my body can do it. And of course your body can probably get those results, but we have to respect that we get it in a different way. Right. Yeah. Well, remember it's waves. Like we are very goal oriented. We like um, that whole reward process. Our brains love it in this modern world, but actually 12 weeks, 12 months, six weeks, they are time scales and you live a lot longer than that. So what you want to do is balance continually. Um, most of us have probably been up and down in weight, in, in feelings and emotions our whole lives. Isn't it a lot easier on the nervous system to make sure that's a bit more of a, a, a wave that you ride rather than a wave that's rocky and turbulent and harmful? Um, and that's what we're thinking about here. We're thinking about uh, making this more consistent, making this more intuitive making this something that nourishes us rather than puts our body under immense stress because like we all know stress leads to illness and physical illness and all of this is part of it I know I know eating food that isn't great for you is also unharmful it can be harmful however it's having a bit of things it's doing a bit of things not being extreme in our behaviors I suppose the key thing there is really longevity mm. we're looking at not just looking at how we feel right now or what our body is going to feel or look like in six months, but where do we want to be and what do we want to be doing in a year, in five years, in 10 years? Like, I know that when I'm in my 50s, I don't want to be like in a point where I have injuries and I can't move at the same pace that I would want to. Of course, as you age, your body changes and you need to 
listen to your body in that moment. But I want to be at my highest capacity. And I think we all do in our own way. I think like if I can share, my dad is someone I look to. And I know I've spoken to you about my dad. And I'm sure he's going to listen to this and be like, oh, they talk about me. That's awesome. <laughs> but um, my dad is someone who really embodies this idea of uh, exercise as a mind, body and spirit. And he really looks at how his body is feeling in that moment and what exercises speak to him and always exercising to a certain point where you are not putting yourself in a place of harm, but you are also getting the nourishment that you need. And I look at that now at my age and I think if I can embody that now, when I'm his age, I can still be fit. He goes running. He wakes up early in the morning. If I say, dad, let's go for a hike, he'll go, okay, let's go. And we'll drive up to the mountain and go for a hike. He's always got energy, but he's always calm at the same time. So I think, yeah, like we've got to think about our future as well. We're more than just who we are right now. We have many and we want to have many years ahead of us. So mm. that's a really key point, I think, to sort of tick alongside your life goals. Keep a strong, healthy body. <laughs> it's it's kind of like um, you know, there's a lot of Eastern philosophy that talks about 80%. 80% of fullness, 80% of exertion. And this is because that 20% is really important to keep. It's, you know, what's great about what you were just talking about in terms of the activity your dad does. It's so holistic. He has variety. He doesn't just stick to one thing. So anyone who loves running knows that after a long period of time, your knees start wearing away, the hips start grinding. So mixing that up with swimming and cycling and hiking and all these other activities and yoga and intuitive body practices this gives your body variety, gives it time to heal. It's a holistic, I'm going to keep using this word because I love it. I, I know holistic gets kind of thrown out there a lot now, but essentially it's all encompassing. We're not looking at being a singular thing. We are mobile, we are changing. And one of the interesting things about what you said in terms of the future, uh, if you look at Ayurveda, which is kind of one of my predominant modes of of working with herbs and, and natures and energies um, and it's part of the, the Vedic traditions including yoga um, we know that throughout our life cycles we shift sometimes we are slow and earth-like sometimes we are fiery and quick sometimes we are dry and cold and subtle and we need to shift through these and as we grow older we do move to like the colder drier elements so we do have to change the ways in which we move and we nurture ourselves in order to counter that balance is the key we would always countering something but how can we counter if we're not aware of what's in the present moment um and that's just the consciousness right yeah I think that sort of segues into the real uh, topic that we really want to get into here is talking a bit about conscious exercise I mean if we look at conscious exercise it's really about that intuitive movement it is a holistic form of exercise where we're focusing on strengthening and harnessing the power of our physical state. Uh, we're looking at our mind mm -hmm. and we're also looking at our spirit and, and keeping ourselves strong in our spirit. So I'd really love if you could talk to us about what does it mean to go beyond the physical aspects of exercise in a very practical way? Mm -hmm. So yoga is probably one of the most accessible forms of practice now I know there's other energy practices like Tai Chi and Qigong and I think the difference in these to maybe running for example which is something we can implement in running is the conscious body element the mind body connection it isn't just I do the movements it's am I aware that this 
part of my body is moving because I have asked it to move in such a way? Am I aware of the shift in heat, in temperature, in energy, in in kind of how that's affecting all of my systems, my heart rate increasing? It's almost like, you know, in the matrix, when you take the pill and everything kind of slows down, you really get into a zone. You're doing that with prana. You're taking it life force. That's why the breath work is so important because like you've probably heard loads of people talk about the power of prana and breath work and how you can really change your whole physicality, your, your state, um, just through how, how much oxygen you take in and the rate in which you take it in and, and being aware of where you're putting it. This is the same, like when we consciously ground our hands to do a certain pose, we are lifting in from the earth. We're taking that up into the body. The same way when we exhale, we're releasing heat, we're releasing tension, we're releasing toxins. And this just kind of is encompassing the whole movement. Um, it's also, where is your mind? When you're when you're in this practice, are you thinking about what you're going to do after? Are you thinking about something that happened yesterday? This is why if you have been through any kind of yoga or conscious body practice, we take a moment at the beginning, grounding breaths. We come into the, into the space because we're leaving everything outside. We're here. We're making sure we're here and present. And that really helps to shift. And so when we talk about this, we know uh, if you've heard of the koshas, the, the multiple bodies um, from the Vedic philosophy of yoga, we are physicality. We are our energetic field. We are our higher vibrational fields and they kind of grow outwards in their in their in their um viscosity or if you will or their energetic level they grow and we want to connect them all together we know that the hand is moving but do we feel the energy around the hand as it moves um or energy around the heart um one of the interesting things is with uh, specific yoga practices we have certain ones for different chakras because they relate to the shifting of energy depending if you're opening your heart your third eye, uh, your sacral area. And this is all about rebalancing the chakras in order to give yourself um, alignment. And that's not just physical alignment, that's energetic alignment. Um, it's fascinating. It's really interesting. But, but the experience is once you've experienced it, you truly understand that it. it's really easy for us to talk about it. Yeah. But <laughs> um, going to a class and, and once it hits, and, and it might not even like, get you the first time it might be the third time around the fourth time the fifth time but then you know the prana has reached the body and you're aware I know what they're talking about I can feel it in my body and that is conscious exercise I suppose the really big thing about that is it can't look the same for any two people mm. the way I do a pose and I know I've done yoga classes with you and you very much look at the variations for different people if you are sitting on a chair if you are sitting on the floor if you have this injury or you can't touch like touch your toes, for example, you always look at how can I still engage with this exercise without trying to make it be like what other people are doing? I think sometimes as well, like I know you particularly uh, teach traditional yoga. There's so many variations right out there. Um, and in mainstream society, it's become something like you get lost in it right it's crazy I mean each to their own I don't particularly have an opinion because for me if if it works for the individual and it is shifting that vibrational energy go ahead it can be difficult with the kind of appropriation of things like booty yoga and I understand and I understand that these are just physical movement practices yoga in itself especially traditional hatha yoga or um, vinyasa flow yoga, we are we are we are consciously aware of trying to shift 
all of the bodies together, the energetic body, the physical body. And I think there is a difference between just physical movement and exercise and consciously moving your body and getting the benefits of exercise. And that's where they differ. If you just want to sweat and that helps you release stress, go ahead, do something that's just physically exerting. But I think when it comes to these energetic movements and conscious exercise practices, it's fully about engaging all of those um, elements holistically. Um, And it is each to their own. Like you said, everyone's journey is different. Um, For example, balancing your own constitution in Ayurveda, which we call, which is your natural balance, is also a massive part of it. Certain yoga poses are heating for some people, cooling for others, and, and the way they affect the nervous system. And we really need to take this into consideration when you are practicing with somebody, because a pose that is helpful for one person may be really, um, it could really bring up someone's anxiety. It may not be right for somebody else. And that is how they affect the whole body, because we have physicality, we have the elements of heart rate increasing um, and all those things, but we also have the other element of panic. Are you holding your breath? And we have to take those into consideration because they can become unhelpful for the body and mind together. Yeah, and it's so interesting when you talk about constitution because all my experiences, I suppose, with yoga, have I've connected them to the work I've done with you because it's probably the one time where I've really come back into my body. It's no longer just about can I hold a child's pose or can I do downward dog? Oh, my, my calves are hurting. I'm, I'm focusing on my breath now. And I really, what really ticked over for me when I started realizing my constitution was because I am someone who carries so much fire in my body, I stopped doing those sorts of uh, yoga sequences like Suri Namaskar uh, at such a fast pace because everyone else was doing it. And I started to slow down my movements and started to do more grounding work. And I feel like it changed my practice completely because now I was doing what my body needed. I was almost counteracting the overflow of fire in my body by doing more grounding and also the excess water that I carry in my body, doing specific poses that work with that. I also, I mean, doing this podcast has helped me, but I uh, I struggle with my throat chakra a lot and expressing myself. So learning and and harnessing interpose which helped me to relax that area to allow that energy to flow I think it's not just about doing like exercise for 30 minutes this is something you can also do for 10 minutes in the morning to start your day right I do sometimes I do a little yoga routine 10 minutes before bed or I do an intuitive movement routine 10 minutes before bed to bring my energy down so I can enter into a rest so I think sometimes people think I need to go and exercise so I can build muscle or so I can get fast when I run or whatever it may be, which is really important. Like, don't get me wrong. But I think also we can incorporate this into our everyday life to help with our mental state, our emotional state, our spiritual state. And it can become more of a routine as opposed to something we outwardly go and do or we have to put into a calendar at this time, I'm going to do this. Maybe if you, uh, a lot of people working from home, right, and you are uh, getting tense in a certain area, you learn these sorts of movements to get you back into your body. It just made me think about um, this idea of a routine, like a routine is really important, especially during this time. These months are really erratic. Our temperature has completely dropped to a daylight hours are drifting from us. And, you know, we're not as social as we used to be. Um, routine is really important to keep that nervous system nourished. and 
like you said, there is nothing wrong with anyone that loves running. Like it really does energize the body, but you will find that that individual needs that heat in their body. Like you said, um, a class for one size fits all can be quite difficult. And yoga has often this misconception of we see so many physical postures with our eyes that we think we we forget about the feeling. The you can actually feel the difference between a downward dog being comfortable and it being difficult, right? If one of the things that really kind of made me think was when you said your cueing, your mental cueing of the postures and what you were doing, that's called kind of the antithesis of yoga, right? It's a flow. Your mind is supposed to be open and you want to create a sequence in which the person feels free. And this is why I think intuitive movement is so important. Give the tools, give someone the, the, the postures, the breath work, let them know what to do, but let their body choose what comes next. You know, in the morning, you want a heating activated, a couple of lunges and uh, Surya Namaskar, some some forward folds. But in the evening, you want some child poses, you want some bridges, you want some supported postures because you're bringing that energy back down. You want the cold to come in so you can cover yourself with the sheets and be nourished at the end of the evening. And this is all part of creating that conscious relationship. Your What your sequence is, is different to my sequence and depending on what time of year it is it's a different sequence as well so we really want to help individuals choose and cultivate that personal relationship so that they their body is telling them intuitively you need this you don't need to think about it through the postures you breathe through it and whatever comes next come next comes next if you add a posture that doesn't exist but it feels good that is fine like it doesn't matter um I think it's very difficult when we see shapes and we see dancers do shapes or gymnasts do shapes because that's an aesthetic. We don't know what their breathing is like. We don't know what their body is feeling in that posture. It was an image. The most important thing with a posture, especially if you're trying something and I don't see anything wrong with you trying to get a specific posture is how do you feel in it? Are you holding your breath? Are you tense? Are you in pain? Or are you feeling supported? That's what you've got to figure out really respecting like your unique disposition right exactly I'm different to you you're different to me and that's okay Mm. but we can all get to a really great place with our physical health our mental health our spiritual and emotional health where we are all empowered to move freely even if it looks different I mean even you might look I we can bring art into this every artist has their own way of doing things they create beautiful artworks that we can admire but it looks different for everyone. And I think that's the same with our bodies. There's no universal way of every human being is the same. Our DNA is different. Our ancestral knowledge is different. Everything about us, the way we move our experiences, it it informs who we are. And so we really need to be gentle and learn about who we are again, take ourselves away from standardized sorts of ways of looking at exercise and health and come back to to Mm. the personal. It reminds me, I uh, just wanted to bring this because um, it just came to me at this point, but I did a bit of a talk on meditation last week with a big range of people, some who are really skeptical, some who are really into it. And one thing I said at the end was this sitting still and being quiet can be hard. I appreciate this isn't for everyone, but your meditation might be dancing, might be singing, might be cleaning your house, might be, um, who knows, it might be cooking. Because meditation simply is bringing your conscious awareness into that present moment and feeling free um, and grounded at the same time. 
And once I said that, I think all of the individuals that really didn't get the sitting quietly were like, oh, I have that practice. <laughs> it just doesn't look like this. Yeah. And I was like, yes, you do, because everyone's is different. And this is all about finding it, respecting it, and letting it change and grow naturally. That's all we're trying to do. So why don't we take what we have shared about conscious exercise and maybe let's look at how we can uh, sort of encourage people to engage in their own forms of conscious exercise. So I'd love if you could share how people can make their own existing exercise routines more conscious. Maybe give us like three key things to sort of focus on when you're making that subtle transition. So. If you're someone that has a movement practice, that could be uh, running whatever it is you like to do. Say you lift weights, because I also really enjoy stuff like that. Um, I think it's taking that moment before you begin um, and just being aware. What am I doing right now? What's happening here? Um, For a runner, think about each part of the foot as it hits the floor. Is it the ball of the foot, the heel, the toes? And really bring your awareness to that and use a breath work that really begins to, now different breath works for different things, right? So something that's heavily exerting, you want to push out air quickly. Um, Something that's slow, you want to take in long, deep breaths. And these are ways in which you can utilize prana and and controlling the breath to get more out of your exercise. Scientifically, we're getting more oxygen to the muscles, but we are bringing awareness to what we're doing. So take a moment before you start, think about what is going on here. Be fully present with the weight that you're lifting, the the movement the part of the body that's going to move and make that your first thing and then think about is there anything you have that gets you into the zone like music like sound like um vibrational energy because everyone has something that motivates them keeps them focused different different vibrations work for different individuals and i'm not just talking about spiritual music i'm talking about your favorite kind of whatever music like it could be some music that gets you pumped but it puts you in that you know what that feeling is. It puts you in the zone of, I'm here. And let that run through your body. Feel the vibrations of that music. Feel whether it's the lyrics, whether it's the beat. Let it penetrate not only your ears, but your general energetic body. And once it's there, you're, you're literally in a conscious position. Now we're doing the exercise. Now we're doing the movement. Begin what you're doing and see if there's a difference. And this is being aware of if it's hard, if it's easy, if something's in pain. And take that, take all that knowledge as information and use it. If you're in pain, stop, reduce something. If you're feeling really energetic and the body's warming up and it's it's at a good pace, continue. If you're getting too hot, slow down. So all we're doing is making sure that we slow down the information that we're getting from the body that has always been there, but listening and adjusting rather than one of the difficult things is when people go just push through. And I find that really unhelpful. I think it's 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 been something that we've been told a lot i think by society and by it just keep going one more but actually you know if you have one more or if you don't so being in this space teaches you actually 10 minutes was enough today we don't have to do 30 minutes every day we don't have to do 5 kilometers every day it is based on what what when you wake up in the morning what does your body want and that's what that checking in process is what movement do i need And this can vary. This can be yoga one day. This can be running one day. This can be climbing, hiking, swimming. Um, This can be dancing. Dancing is a great form of shifting energy and it has no form. It's so formless. It's beautiful. You don't have to think about where the body is going. 
And the best thing is you can feel like nobody's watching you. Um, So I definitely recommend all of those things. I hope that gives you a little place to start. (laughs) I definitely think it will, because I mean, you almost, you almost have to recraft your Mm. expectations of, of what exercise is. Uh, going from that we've talked about it before but going from that standardized way of thinking to this sort of flow it can be a bit challenging because there's no real bounds to it and I think over time you learn that the parameters and the boundaries around it are what you set and then you become comfortable in that all of a sudden now when you maybe try a new form of movement you already have this sort of idea of how your body moves and how you best can flow into that but you're also open to the fact that maybe that movement can t- teach you something different and something new about what you were already doing. And I think that can be something that's so empowering is that ability to constantly challenge your body in a different way. If, you, if you're at a point where maybe you've reached your physical capacity and you're like, okay, I can't really do anything more physically, but how can I then challenge my mind? How can I challenge my spirit? So you are for that's what it's about, right? Continuing to evolve and strengthen yourself. And you want to do that as a unit, as a unit. No one gets left behind. <laughs> yeah. It's like um, as humans, especially in this modern world, as conscious beings, we're so addicted to form and rules. We've been told that things need to look a certain way. And I'm almost telling you the opposite here. Take away the rules, take away the vision, take away the parameters and let your body and mind guide something new like you said, create something new. You're being creative in movement. You're being fully present in movement. And it doesn't have to look like anything you've ever seen. And I'm not saying don't be safe because yeah, there are some things that can be harmful. Um, And and think about injury, for example. When we have injury, it's telling us either we overexerted, we we weren't ready, we weren't prepared, we weren't consciously present. You might notice that when you're consciously present in exercise, you reduce your injury because you know when enough is enough. You're not going just one more. You're not going just a little bit longer. You're saying, okay, fatigue is coming into my muscles right now and I need to take, take some time to slow down. Maybe if I regain, I can, I can regroup and start again. But if not, that's enough for today and I'm okay with that. It's being okay with the fact that not every day is going to look the same. And that can be quite difficult for us in in the modern world. That can be almost like the antithesis of what we've been told, you know, how people have goals in every day. You're meant to climb this ladder. Um, in truth, the ladder doesn't exist, right? It's it's actually a path that just, just winds. It's true. Like, it's almost like you have to take whatever your 100% would normally be and bring it down to 80% and make that your 100%. Mm. And then that 20% yeah. buffer, like you said before, that 20% buffer is your safety. It's to make sure that mm. you have that longevity and you can do this again and again and again for years to come. And it keeps molding and growing. Of course, as your body changes, as you get older, you move in a different way. And I think this is really where intuitive movement is so empowering is that it flows with your changes. It doesn't try and force you to be older in a different capacity physically and trying to exercise at the same level you did when you were 20, 21, 22, which of course we have so much more energy and we move at completely different. We bounce back quicker <laughs> as well. I know now yeah, I do not yeah. bounce back as quick as I used to like 10 years ago. But that's, that's something we've got to respect. And I think one of the most important things I think I want to share, like in relation to all of that is you know how we were talking about this ladder and these goals that we might have when it comes to movement and getting stronger. 
let's for example talk about it not being a, like a, a goal that you have now I'm going to lift this much in this time I'm going to run this far in this time perhaps it's just this goal of I'm going to change and I don't know where that's going to be but this change is always going to be different and that growth is it is accelerating it is going to be better than it was before it's just different we're not expecting it to look a certain way you know when we set a goal of lifting from say 50 to 100 kilos right um, it's very clear to measure that we see the increase. But when we set a goal of things are going to change in the next two months, it's still an increase. It's a different place to where you were. It just isn't, it doesn't have that tangible number. And I think we can be fearful of that sometimes thinking, oh, maybe it's not a change. Maybe it's not better than it was. Anything you go through, anything you come out of makes you stronger, makes you more resilient makes you different, makes you more creative, opens parameters of your brain and your body. Um, they don't have to be measurable. And I think that's where we can step away. We don't have to measure everything. We can feel the fact that things are different. And that is the gift. That is the consciousness. Um, and that's actually the biggest gift there is you've become intuitive. You're working with the body. And that's that's almost your confirmation. That's almost your reach, your goal reached. I can feel something has changed. It's like you are working with the physical, but also tapping into that sort of divine consciousness that we always talk about. Anyone who's spiritual mm. is always talking about connecting with the <laughs> divine consciousness, but you're in this thing of you're like, okay, I'm going to allow this new form to take and I'm going to trust that it's going to be what's the best for me. Mm. Like when you cook, right? You never know what your food is going to look like at the end or how it's going to taste. You have an idea from memories, but you don't know but you're going to trust in your expertise and in, in everything coming together in the right way and that you're going to be nourished at the end of it. And I think it's the same for exercise. And as we come out of maybe a, a way that we have been exercising that is not the most nourishing for us and come into a new form, we've got to give ourselves those teething issues and things not working out and getting frustrated and maybe even the shifting of, of old emotion from where we had um, gotten sort of stuck into one way of thinking about things, that can take time. You are resetting your platform for many years to come. So I think you've got to be gentle and be patient, really. Two key mm. things. Even, even when whatever we want to call is failure, what people maybe call failure, is information. You learn. And that is more of a gift than achieving sometimes because that's invaluable, sorry. You can pass that on, whether that be to others or just for yourself. That's that's what you got. Okay, I know this happens in this situation. You learn, your body adapts and your body is more intelligent than you think. It might not just be your brain that learns, but your body learns. I can avoid injury this way. I can feel grounded this way. And the only way for you to be able to get those messages clearly is to set yourself up at the beginning, be fully present in that moment. And it's not about telling yourself this is going to happen. It's saying, I'm ready to explore what's going to happen. I'm open to it. Let's see where we ended up. Let's try. I love that thing of openness because sometimes we already decide we can't do something. But mm. once we start doing it, I mean, it's me, this podcast, I'm sure when you started your your uh, journey as a holistic um, intuitive teacher and yoga teacher and herbalist you were like oh I don't know if I can do certain things but you jumped in you were like I'm gonna see what form it takes and 
it's forever changing for you. You get confident after a while. I think that's the thing. Definitely. Once you reach that level. Yeah. Thank you so much for for coming on here and chatting. Your wisdom has been invaluable. I would love, uh, as we wrap up, if you could give us any final thoughts and a little pearl of wisdom, which is customary now with this podcast, a little pearl of wisdom that you can impart for everyone to sort of take with them. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, if there's anything that I feel that you can take, and I know this can be overwhelming sometimes, like this, looking at things from a spiritual lens can be very foreign for some of us and very daunting. Be open. Know that know and trust that you have everything within your mind, body and spirit. And all we're doing is allowing that to fuse. We're allowing that to come forth. And all of the things that pressure us to stay a certain way, we're being brave enough to say, I trust myself. Whatever comes from this is growth. That was very empowering that I trust myself. I felt that in my chest. I was like, I do. I trust myself. I trust myself. Um, before we wrap up, uh, give us a little bit of information of how people can contact you, your current offerings, um, and anything you'd like to share about what you're doing right now. So, um, so Holistic Herbal Wisdom is my baby, or let's just say I, it's just a way of me sharing knowledge. And you can catch me on Instagram at Holistic Herbal Wisdom. I'm also the co-host of a podcast with my sister, who is um, an, I, sorry, a Vedic astrologer at Agni Rising. And you can check out my website, holistichubblewisdom.com, where I share uh, one-to-one um, holistic herbal living practices on the blog, as well as um, we do one-to-ones. So the whole thing is about catering to the individual. We work together. We find you a way of rebalancing. We learn together. They mix up yoga practices, pranayama practices, infusing some of those great natural herbs that we are presented with on this land and really redirecting ourselves so that we are guided from, I'm not telling you how to live, I'm helping you get in tune with yourself so you can listen to your own rhythm and we work together for support. So yeah, if you're intrigued, come come and speak to me, you can message me and, and I'd love to work together but thank you so much for having me this was great and this is a great podcast I just want to put that out there for anybody who's getting into this um, invaluable I definitely recommend Natasha's podcast as well her sister is amazing at um I was about to say <laughs> Ayurvedic wisdom <laughs> at a uh, Vedic astrology so definitely go and check out her stuff and there's so much out there to learn so be curious be excited and uh we will see you next time Thank you for taking a moment to connect with the Sacred Garden. I hope this place has provided you with all the divine nourishment that you currently need. I look forward to meeting you here next time. Many blessings and infinite love.